When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's a snack pack coming for you it's gerald glass we're coming right back at you from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break make sure you go ahead and follow like everything that we do out there again of course everything here at the lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture twice a week every week and this coming friday show will have our monthly state of pro wrestling, where we talk pro wrestling with, of course, King of the Ring, talk about the anniversary of Hell in the Cell, talk about what happened at AEW's Forbidden Door, and I will have a review of AEW's Fight Forever video game, which is out this week on consoles. I got a code sent to me, so I will be playing it beforehand, so I will have a full review on this week's Pop Culture Cosmos, so go ahead and check that out indeed. Plus, also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source, of course, everything out there going on with LakersBall.com. Intel Wild, I did change it up because Mr. Simblades over here, Simblades with a Y.com, wanted to go earlier. So I decided to go ahead and adjust it earlier. So I did that at the last few minutes. I'm like, oh, I forgot to put it to nine. My bad. So, yes, changed it from 10 to 9. So, just means you get a little bit, Joe, a little bit earlier. There you go. Absolutely indeed. But go ahead and check them out today. Right there for you is Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Plus, also as well, our good friends, Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom, they were terrific on the weekend talking about the NBA draft and the Lakers' choices and what he, their hopes are for them as players with the Lakers. So, go ahead and check that out, not only on the YouTube channel, but check out their site, Lakerholics.com. Our good friend, who's hopefully just taking a day chilling, that's Stone Hansen. He was awesome on Friday night. Go ahead and check out what he does for the NBA Draft Upside Swings NBA Draft podcast. Our good friend John McCallion, he had a couple streams the past couple of days on his channel, the John McCallion channel. So I hope you go ahead and check that out. And again, like him, if you can subscribe to us today, that's the Lakers Fast Break on YouTube. Right there, click on that little Joe. It helps us out so much. Plus, also, as well, gets you latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break. Like tonight, if you'd like this, you subscribe to us or you follow us, you would have gotten a notification on when we gone live on the air, just like right now, right here at the Lakers Fast Break. And if you could do all that, 
It is sincerely appreciated. Daniel, before we go into everything, appreciate so much as always you stopping by Intel Wild and the best Lakers chat room that's out there at, of course, the Lakers fast break. He wanted to go ahead and touch on today's only real NBA activity outside, I guess, if you want to say that the meeting in Portland between the front office and Damian Lillard. And as of now, nothing has come out of it, but we'll see about that. But also there was a trade where basically it was a salary dump of John Collins, who finally, after seemingly a decade and a half of being, you know, it's not even been legal that long, but, uh, you know, as far as the guy who's been at the forefront of more trade rumors than anyone, finally got traded for Rudy Gay and some second-round uh, compensation. It, I guess from what I'm seeing is it's a trade exception that it creates for Atlanta about a 25 million trade exception that they can hang on to for a year. Plus also puts them in a better position money-wise. They were told after conflicting reports that I guess that they were told first, or at least it was reported out there that they were told to stay under the salary cap. Now Adrian Wojnarowski says they can go a little bit over. So we'll see what happens as they acquire more talent or make more trades to go ahead and build that team. Joe's here, my friend. And before we get into the do's and the do nots and the keeps and the keep nots for the Los Angeles Lakers, my friend, your thoughts on today's trade, I guess for Utah, it's, it's okay. I mean, they have them on the books for three years for another $75 million around there. I guess it's okay for them because they have plenty of tax money, plenty of cap money that they can go ahead and, you know, be able to put him in under. I don't know where he really is a good fit there for Utah. But you know what? Another person in the rotation that'll give them a good contribution as well. Sorry, Utah is in an interesting position. At the beginning of last year, there was talk of tank, which didn't really last long. Uh, I believe they were first in the conference for the first month and a half. Yes. And then they tailed off and then, you know, they went the way they went. But are they going to be good enough to sustain mediocrity? And if they do that, are they going to be able to get a star player at Utah? No, it's anything they're going to have to do as far as bring in, you know, that upper echelon of player is going to have to be based on trades. So trades, who is, who, which superstar is going to want to go to Utah? The, the, the Again, it wouldn't be is, it wouldn't be their choice. Yeah, the answer is it, it, no one. Yeah. So I don't really know what direction they're gonna go. Are they gonna hope that they get lucky like Denver and draft a Jokic in the second round and the first round, whatever? I don't know. That's that's gonna be an interesting conversation in the next couple of years on whether they say stagnant or not. Uh, John Collins has been tr needing to be traded for pretty much what two years straight now. It's been more than that, my friend. Yeah, Almost more, since he's been into the league, there's been trade rumors on him. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he brings to Utah other than you know, okay, performance and are he's they somewhat athletic? Well, okay, it, shooting. It, it, this could be something good for us if this mm -hmm. works out. Which is, mm -hmm. Laker Tom did mention Kelly Olynyk, and that that would not be a bad pickup for the Lakers. I believe. In terms of a big who plays center, who can shoot and, and give you the energy and, 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 and 
team basketball, that might be a the best pickup you can make for the amount of money you can pay. So I'm going to see how – I'm going to monitor that and see how it goes. With that, there is some news coming out now about the Lakers, uh, specifically a, a favorite of mine, a gentleman named Eric Pincus. He is uh, anticipating the Lakers committing to Anthony Davis in August. He's it's it's likely going to happen or offering him a contract extension. Correct. And the other surprising uh, comment he had was he's pretty sure. Obviously, he didn't guarantee it, but he's pretty sure the Lakers are going to match whatever comes Rui's way on top of the fact that they're going to match Austin's contract. So that's what the basis of our show today is. We're not going to talk about free agents. We're not going to about any possible well, – maybe we go a little bit on trades, but we're not going to talk about any possible free agents that might jump over to the Lakers on today's show. That I want to put on a separate program for Joe and I. I also want to go ahead and this week, I guess as far as what I'm seeing with Lakers History 101, it is graduation time, so I want to make sure that our graduation ceremonies and final closing – uh, I guess symposium for the school year will also be done this week as well. So it's going to be a busy week for us here at the Lakers fast break, but I do want to go ahead and touch on today, the players, when we look at the roster and we're going to take a look at the great majority of the players that contributed to the Lakers team and whether or not they should be retained, whether or not they might be wanting to used in a trade, just to sign a trade type deal and use them as an asset or should we just go ahead and outright let them go? So I want to go ahead and start with you, my friend, when it comes to some of the things that you're seeing. And best way to look at it, if you want to go ahead and do so, is if you go to the NBA trade machine and you bring up the Lakers, that brings up the individuals who are currently do not have a contract with the Lakers. Obviously, it starts off with the biggest and most, uh, I guess I don't even say it's going to be the biggest contract anymore because there's a, most likely it's not going to be as much as, as Austin Reeves. I'm going to start with D'Angelo Russell, my friend. Your thoughts, because with Austin Reeves, Rui Hashimura, and others maybe being a higher priority, how big a priority is it for us to re-sign D'Angelo Russell? It's important for leverage and future possible trade reasons. Here's an interesting, I, here's an interesting scenario. What if a team offers D'Angelo $35 million for two years. So a two-year, $70 million contract. What do the Lakers do then? Now, with that, looking at the possibility, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of correlating this. I'm correlating this with what we're discussing, right? If... Austin Reeves gets a $99 million, which is the most he can get from an outside source, $99 million for four years. Well, the let's first, do, I'm, I'm just talking about, D, is this related to back to D'Angelo? I'm, I'm trying to say, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's relating okay. back to, to him because that this all plays together in some way. We're, we're, it's not really being discussed mm-hmm. a lot, but it, it, it is. It's, it's important to understand that these do these scenarios do make a difference. Like if, if something happens here, it might affect this other thing. So 
What if someone comes and gives D'Angelo 35 mil a year for two years? What do the Lakers then do? Or does D'Angelo just go? Because he doesn't have to answer to anybody. He can go wherever he wants, right? But I think at this point, there is a limit to where the Lakers should and can go as far as the ceiling for what they would like to pay D'Angelo Russell. And then also, Joe, I mean, is there realistic, you know, there, there are teams out there with cap space that could offer him an enormous amount of cash. But the thing is, though, with the San Antonio, San Antonio, Houston, those teams that have the largest uh, Detroit, do you see those teams, even though some of them are in need of point guards, do you see them highballing the Lakers on an unrealistic offer? Well, they will on the Austin Reeves one. I'm not talking Austin Reeves. I'm talking D'Angelo. We'll yeah, D'Angelo, no. No, I don't think they're – what they might throw an offer of 20 mil for, for maybe three years. What's the highest you would go? I would give him 20 for four. See, I would never go four years on, for him. I'm uh, sorry. If you don't give him four, I think he bounces. That's the problem. Because I think somebody will give him 20. Maybe 25, but on a shorter deal. If he gets four years, God bless him. Yeah. If he gets four years at 20, that's not a bad deal considering you were worried about throwing 30 at him before the Denver series. But someone out there will drop 25 a a year, I think, for at least three years. And I think he takes it and with options down the road. I, I think that's kind of how this plays out. I don't see a scenario where both D'Angelo or all three D'Angelo, Rui, and, and and Austin come back. I don't. I don't. My my instincts say that that's not going to happen. Well, again, I think when it comes to D'Lo, I think there's a limit that the Lakers should have him. It's on not the, It's not about the limit, though. That's not the problem. The problem is losing that contract for nothing. And I get it so far as a trade asset. I get it as far as someone, you know, as mentioned in the chat, for the regular season. He'd be great for the regular season because he's proven to be somewhat healthy in the past couple of years. He's been proven to be somewhat uh, effective shooting during the regular season. You see he gets exploited tremendously in the playoffs, and that's the problem that, that you know, that's going to continue throughout the rest of his career because he just really is the player who he is at this point in time. I think when it comes down to it, though, when it comes right right to it, I think there's a limit you need to spend on D'Angelo Russell. I really think if it goes beyond 25, and especially for a four-year contract, I really think the Lakers should avoid it. I really think trade asset aside, you're skewing your entire future on this one one contract that you will eventually have to get rid of as quick as possible. I, you don't I, intend to – if you sign him to that contract, you don't intend to keep him. I'm 50-50 with D'Lo right now. I have no feeling on whether he's going to come back or not come back. No, as as I as do I. As do I. I don't have any – there's no information right now either that I've been looking at to where it says someone's leaning towards this or that, which makes me feel more that, that, that he's probably going to be gone. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Ugh. So you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Gerald Glassford along with Joe Soro. Please go ahead and make sure you like and subscribe and follow whatever we do right here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is sincerely appreciated if you do. The next name is the one that we are most interested here as far as the Lakers fan base and that you and I are most interested in is Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves, uh, whether he is, uh, you know, kept in it, you know, as far as on the team and becoming an integral part of what we do, or if he's utilized in a trade for a superstar, regardless, I think that he needs to be retained. He will probably be highballed by a San Antonio or a Houston. How afraid are you of that happening in the case of him where they just basically throw that high ceiling offer and, and unfortunately the Lakers will most likely have to match? Yeah, that's probably going to happen. And this, just despite the Lakers and my hate for the Spurs will, will only grow. <laughs> and the fact that Greg Popovich is thinking about the Lakers more than usually his own team always puzzles me. He's always worried about what they're doing. They're, they're, they own real estate in his empty brain of his sometimes and Lakers are going to have to deal with it and match the offer and hope that that Reeves is the the legitimate third guy and looking at Reeves's improvement in the future here is the only thing left really is to is to up his per points again again he's a 17 point game Geez, why can't I say this? 17 points per game player. If he gets to 22-23, then you could see a drastic difference. In... Do you really see him as that kind of score? Well, we're, we're going to need it. We're going to need it with LeBron and AD. Not really. Well, AD, not so much. But with LeBron scaling back, we need we need LeBron to scale back for 82 games so he's fresh with him, with a, which will likely be his last Last bit of LeBron kind of going to the playoffs and, and 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 being LeBron, he was able to do it in this playoffs like half the time, and the reason why that was is because he was playing on one leg basically, and he got he got burnt out from the year. So we have to make sure that he's not he doesn't have what happened last year, and hopefully he goes into next year's playoffs without a torn ligament in his foot, seeing if he can make one more run for a title then. And a big part of that is going to be Austin improving his, his scoring, giving, giving the team another three, four, five points a game. will do that. So let's say it doesn't get high ball for some miraculous reason. Although you and I both are expecting somebody to come out there, some bitter 
to go ahead and jack up the price that's going to cost us to go ahead and try and retain Austin Reeves. Let's say that doesn't happen for some reason. What are you thinking about a, a fair offer to go ahead and pitch the agent and the group behind Austin Reeves? Same as D'Lo, 20 for four. So, so we all value Austin Reeves more than D'Angelo, yet you're willing to pay them about the same. Uh, D'Angelo is more a trade piece down the road. That's why you right. pay him 20. That's not, has nothing to do with the fact that they, they earn the same amount of money. And we will see that because of this new CBA, there'll yeah. be teams that, that overpay for some of their players simply because of the fact that they want to utilize them in trades. And you have to also understand that, you know, this, the, the, the way the contract is going to, is going to set up is. You're looking at, let's just say for discussion purposes, you're going to have, um, where did I have this here? As soon as I went off it, I forgot where it went. Of course. The, where did I put it? There we go. So let's just say someone offers Austin, the four-year, $99 million contract. The first two years of that contract, Austin's making 11-3 and 11-9. It then gets ballooned into 36-9 and 38-5 in years three and four. The Lakers do have a little bit of an advantage there from a per-year salary for the next two years where they're not paying Austin 20 and 25 mil, which will allow them to make a, a a good offer, which I think you, Rui is a fit, you can give Rui a $50 million a year contract, and I think he takes that. And then you have D'Angelo at 20, and you have D'Angelo during the regular season, which he's played well. He's, he's a guy that you do need some of his skills on this team. It's not like he's just crap. You know, you have one bad series, and now we want to throw him. It's, it's easy to just throw the guy into the, into the pit, but we actually do need his skill set. So, but what, and on top of that, you have a contract that in case there is a player as the season progresses that demands a trade, now you have a chance to improve the team should that person put the Lakers on their list. You have to think of things that way now, right? Contracts mean more than anything right now, especially with the way the CBA is constructed, with the fact that we're going to be looking at a feast or famine league soon. I want you guys to understand it. Unless you draft well and get lucky like Denver, you're going to have to deal with people making 30, 40, and 50 million, like three or four guys, and then everyone else is going to be making the minimum. Just look at look at um, Phoenix. Get ready for that. Get ready for that kind of salary structure where it's top heavy and then minimum contracts because what, what are you going to do with a $15 million guy? The guy is, not, is going to want more money. And if you have any kind of all-star caliber or all-star type of player, they're going to want the max. And I don't know, man, it's going to be an interesting league in the next two, three years. That it is, my friend. But again, when it comes to Austin, I think it's clear that we do have to do what we need to do to retain him. Even if, again, like I said, if it means that we utilize him in a trade for a quote-unquote superstar player, at least you got to go ahead and make sure that you bring him back 
uh, you know, under almost virtually any circumstance because of how much he meant to the team and how much he's grown as a player. And I'm hoping that he'll still have more room to grow into the player that you hope he becomes, because like you said, you, you have designs on him possibly becoming a 20 point score in the league. And I'm hoping that you're going to be a, correct on that assessment. The next player I wanted to ask you about is a player that, uh, you know, again, with a just an outstanding performance in the playoffs, really hiked up his value. That is Rui Hashimura. I do not expect him, Joe, to shoot 48% from behind the arc during the season. He shot 29% from behind the arc during the regular season and shot 48% in the playoffs. Obviously, he upped his game at every single level, including defense, including scoring, including you know everything that he could do. He just seemed like a completely different player. I don't even think Rob Palenka had any designs on actually, uh, you know, this kind of level of activity and productivity from him when he traded for him. That was beyond even his wildest dreams. So I ask you, my friend, what you're seeing is believing in. There could be a, a situation where he reverts back to the Rui that we know, because I told you when he came into this league until the time he got traded to Lakers, even after he got traded to Lakers, consistency is an issue. How much would you commit to Rui? What is the ceiling for him, in your opinion? Uh, I would give him 15 mil. He's a little over. He's worth a little bit more than that. Well, more than the MLE. Let's just put it that way. 15, you got a guy that, isn't going to play for Japan this this summer and is dedicated on this coming season. Uh, you have to see what this is about because if Rui comes in next year and starts shooting 40% from three and playing just a little bit like he played in the playoffs, and I say a little bit as in he's playing consistent ball, he's, he's playing good defense, solid defense, good team defense, he's got a training camp under his belt, and he's that – that role player that's doing his job, then that that is a huge win for the Lakers. I know Austin's going to be wanting to improve. He's that kind of player. So you're going to have two players that I believe will in will create more chemistry with the team, will, will get better than they were the year before. And that in itself will help the Lakers play better. Why? Because they're going to be able to help out LeBron especially and not having to have all the things on, on, on his back. Uh, somebody like D'Angelo, again, that he plays a part in it. You got Vando, another year with the team, a training camp. Maybe he 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 shoots five hundred threes during the summer and, and at least gets a little bit better there. Darvin Ham, I, I said this during the season, guy, you need to put some kind of uh, layup line where where these guys are getting hit while they're trying to get layups so that you guys can stop missing those chippies. The chippies, especially LeBron too, those things can't happen next year. You need to work on that and make sure you're good at uh, de- de- uh, making those shots. Otherwise, it just it creates this bad aura, bad mental state, even on the following series for the other team where they'll go back and shoot a three and make it or or get their own layup. So it's a it is it, it, it focus needs to be mental. This I believe this whole thing is about mental. I really do. And if these guys are mentally into what's going on and what's at stake here in the next season, I think we're going to, I think we're going to see something we want, we like to see. So when it comes to Rui, and I'm not saying I disagree with you on any of this, but again, I pointed out 
he's been inconsistent his whole whole entire career. How much stock are you taking from this three week period of time, essentially, about his progression in the playoffs as opposed to the fact? Remember, he was an individual that actually got a DMP before he started turning it on. He realized where his play was at. He realized what he he wasn't doing for the team, got that DMP, and his career started to take off from there. How much do you take solace and how much do you take from the play that he's been playing for as he ended the season as opposed to what he's done the rest of his time? So there was a instance right before the playoffs where Rui asked LeBron, hey, LeBron, what is it I can do to be better? And something clicked. Something clicked with Rui, and LeBron said something to him that clicked that as well. And Rui had a phenomenal playoff. Now imagine a summer and a training camp with that mindset. We have to see what that's about. We can't go in the next year and say, well, Rob sucks. Rui just completely went to crap in the first three months, right? Before the deadline, let's say, right? You can't do that. We don't know that right now. It's it's June 26, 2023. The guy just came off a phenomenal playoff run. You have to see what it is. It's in-house. It's something you can control. You have to try to retain that player to see if he does improve. Then if he improves, then Rob's a genius, right? But I'm trying to make it clear right now, we've got this receipt people can come back to. Don't be those people that gets mad at Rob if Rui flames out. Well, worst comes to worst, if he flames out, again, under this new collective bargaining agreement, we have to change our mentality. If he starts to flame out, and if he does have an extended period of time where he becomes a non-factor and that hurts the Lakers, he still has a, let's say you do sign for 15 to 17 million. You still have that contract you could utilize in a trade come the trade deadline. The question is for who? Someone's going to have to demand to come to LA for the Lakers to get the player they likely want. Because mm-hmm. it that's, probably won't be an expiring. That's the only thing. No, no, not likely. It's going to have to be for a star player that says, I want to go to LA. I want to go to LA. We, uh, we are getting a little bit of tit- tidbits about. Uh, Damian Lillard going to Miami and and we talked about Miami being the destination and it's the smart move for, for, for Damian Lillard because he can go into a, uh, a process that's already working. And if you add him to that process, Miami becomes extremely scary. So I'm, I'm, and and Portland's got to do him a a solid here, right? Portland's got to do him a solid. The only thing Portland's probably asking Dame is please don't make us trade you to someone in the West, especially the Lakers. Can Just pick a team out in the East, and we'll, we'll make it happen for you, even if we have to take back salaries that, that are not worth that are not even. What if he says he wants to go to a West Coast team, like, let's say, the Lakers? Portland has a – they have an issue. <laughs> They've had a loyal player. Because he can make this thing very public and very yes, ugly. Yes, but I don't think I, – I actually don't think the Lakers want to – play big three games anymore i don't know that would be a that would change my mind i'm beginning i thought that way with you about a couple weeks ago on it but over the past couple weeks and seeing uh, and again seeing how well he played ran some video about how well he played his best season statistically ever 
it's coming off of. I understand he's approaching his mid thirties, but still it's something where if you're going on a one year run, Joe, because we talk about the window closing already for LeBron, you might need a big three to get it done. True. But I, based off the draft uh, a few days ago, it looks like the Lakers are actually preparing for the future. They say that. And I understand that Rob said that as well. But if Damien comes knocking on the door, that might change things. I said it might. I didn't say it I did. think I Damien, I think Damien wants to go to Miami. I think that's where he wants to go. I believe he feels he can be the number one guy there too. And win a championship in Miami and be the guy and not be LeBron's teammate or even Anthony Davis's teammate, which you know, for me, I would love Dame because now you have Damian Lillard and, and 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 Anthony Davis to go co- to continue the the run without LeBron in two years. But I just don't think I don't think there's any traction there. I don't. I, I wish there was. It could solve two problems, and but I don't know. I don't. I don't see it happening. I think Dame ends up in Miami. He helps out Portland. He has a lot of respect for Portland. I think that has a lot to do with it. I think the fact that he said Miami makes sense for Portland to trade him there because they're in the East and there's they're, they're not going to have to deal with Damian except for maybe. No, he's never years. said Miami. He hasn't mentioned Miami. Uh, not not publicly, but not publicly. I, you have. To I know com- what the information. I know. You, I know. You have to. You have to. You have to common sense this thing. We 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 discussed Miami before this even came out this last couple mm-hmm. of days. This is a common sense thing here. This is not about. Uh, you're talking about a guy that's asking to, let's say, if he's asking to leave, he's going to want to go somewhere where he has a chance to win a championship. He can't go to Boston. It's too much money there, too much salary. He can't really go to Milwaukee because if they keep Middleton, that's done. And, you know, I don't even know if he wants to go. I don't think he would want to go to Milwaukee anyways. 76ers, what are you going to do, trade for James Harden? I don't think Portland cares to have James Harden. Miami, Miami, to me is the is the right spot it's the right culture for dame it's a place where he'll feel comfortable he won't have to worry about a bunch of bums like you know somebody like joel Embiid worrying about his own stuff this is a team that that fits his personality and that that is likely going to be the destination should he finally make it public that he wants to be traded and the portland will oblige once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We're talking about the Lakers that are currently free agents or decisions that are going to be made with them in the next few days. Which one should stay? Which one should go? And which one should we use as trade uh, individuals, trade bait, so to speak? And two individuals come to mind to me that I think it's now more important than ever that we try to retain Laker Tom A slash Joe Soro. And that is Mo Bamba and also Malik Beasley. Now, if you would have told me before the CBA that we should sign them, I'd say you're nuts because, and especially Mo Bamba's case, who is absolutely worthless for us. Yes, he did get hurt, but even when he was on the floor, it was not like he was on the floor for us. Absolutely was uh, not the player I was hoping for, and I'm sure that a lot of people were seemingly thinking the same thing. But when it comes to Mo Bamba's salary for another $10.5 million plus Malik Beasley's $16.5 million, with Malik Beasley, I think that there's a possibility of a bounce back if you decide to keep him. But 
the fact that again those salaries are attractive in a possible trade make it that much more imperative that the Lakers should sign those two. We're gonna get an answer by Thursday on whether they can trade them for something or whether they're gonna keep them or not. If I had to take a guess, I think Mobama gets brought back because there is a position there for him and there's a need there, even though he wasn't playing well last year. It was a impromptu trade in his case. Plus, he had a bum ankle that didn't help. Uh, I believe they bring Mobamba back, and I think they let Beasley go, especially if they sign D'Lo, Rui, and Reeves. I would like them to trade both before Thursday. You and I both. But I don't know what it would take to get that done. I don't know if there's a player out there that a team needs to drop. I still say because Chicago. Because expiring contracts under this new CBA is the most attractive. It's thing. very true. So what, what would likely need to happen is the Lakers – I'm, I'm been, if the Lakers are going to make a deal, the, the most realistic deal has to likely come from Chicago, and it's very likely that the Lakers are going to have to take on Lonzo Ball's contract. If they were to make a deal for a player on that team or players that we, that they would really want. It's it's a it's it's an interesting process. It's an interesting thing where I think the frenzy starts obviously on Friday, and I'm not going to be surprised at any deal, being that you just said that expiring contracts are going to be more important now than ever before. Yep. Um, I think I think anything can happen here. I really do. I think it's going to have to come from the team asking the Lakers, though. There are plenty- trade exceptions like the one that Atlanta earned today with the largest one that's out there at over $25 million. That doesn't always come to fruition. Most, so A lot of these teams don't even cash in on those trade exceptions. No. The Lakers are going to need to get a call. They're going to need to get a call from someone who wants an ex- expiring contracts for p- contracts they need to unload because they've pay too much who that's a good question chicago with uh i don't want to say i mean are they gonna sign vucevic oh well he's a free agent that's one of the free agents i'd like to talk about on the next show that's gonna be the one where i'm gonna be wondering if at 1201 or 901 whatever the stupid clock is now that's going to be the the setter for Chicago. That's that's what's going to set the table a little bit on whether there is an option for them to trade Zach Levine. But there also is for them as well the the option to blow it up because of obviously what's gone on with Lonzo Ball and I think they should blow it up. I really I think they should blow it up. But but and and I believe they're 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 the perfect team to use the Lakers as the blow up because the Lakers have plenty of trade bait and expiring contracts to make those contracts work. They have a lot of contracts. They have, imagine this, imagine this, uh, Gerald, you're looking at Zach Levine. Zach Levine's making 30, what the $40 million next year. And DeMar DeRozan's going into his last year's contract with a 28, six. So you're looking at $68 million, $68 million of salary that you can trade. Do 
does Chicago call the Lakers and say, we want your expiring contracts from Mo Bamba and Beasley, and then we'll take on D'Angelo Russell at whatever price that would make it work, and then throw in the 29 and whatever second-round picks. Do they make that deal? I think it's realistic that they would. I don't I don't think it's going to happen, but that makes sense, literal sense. If they really wanted to unload Zach Levine's contract because he is signed for a very long time. Yep. If they really want to blow it up and then for the Lakers, looking at it from the Lakers standpoint, you probably lose Rui, but you keep Austin. Now you have Austin Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Who knows? We might get Alex Caruso thrown into the mix as well. Well, if if they're if they refuse to most likely not. Most likely he would be sent somewhere else if they blow it up. Yeah, if they blow it up, that he might be one of the guys they just want to keep. But I I'm thinking I'm trying to age. think I'm trying to think as best as I can. I'm trying to think why. Why would Chicago make that trade? The reason why they make that trade is exactly what I said. Those particular players, Zach Levine especially, you're talking about a guy who still has four years left on his contract where he's going to get paid 40, 43, 50, 46, and 40, almost 49, right? If you really want to blow that up, get it out of your way, what better way than to send that out with a little bit of, you know, a cherry on the top with like a DeRozan, or you can throw in maybe maybe do a smaller condensed contract, send Caruso with with Levine, and then the Lakers can can make sense of that by throwing a a draft pick, a first round draft pick, unprotected, whatever. Make it make it make it even on both sides, and the Lakers then look at their situation, going, we are putting ourselves in a position to be the favorites by a long shot to win a championship. And you have the players at that point. Let's look at it. Let's look at both situations. Let's say you get Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. You are talking about LeBron James not having, and and you retain Austin Reeves, right? Let's just say Austin Reeves, Levine, DeRozan, and then you have LeBron and, 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 and AD. That right there is enough. If those guys go into the playoffs relatively healthy, I would be in shock if the Lakers don't win at all. I would be in shock. Let's say it's uh, Levine and Caruso in that deal, a smaller contract, maybe a smaller trade. You let D'Lo go and you got those guys. Now, they're, it's you know, eight, uh, Caruso is not... DeMar DeRozan on offense, but man, does your defense improve with Caruso now? It there's a lot of because you still got the mid-level exception that you got that you can go and get somebody, right? You know, it's it's I, I think this is a an exciting I think thinking about the scenarios has been more exciting this last week. You said you got the itch. When's Gerald gonna call? Yeah, I really, I really am, I really am excited to see what happens. However, if nothing happens, I'm also understanding that too, because that's kind of, 
it's like lesson learned, guys. They made a massive mistake that destroyed the team for 18 months. And they're like, dude, we're not taking a chance on any of this crap anymore. Because you can also they could also look at the Levine thing, like, dude, this guy is a walking infirmary. We don't want to pay this guy forty million dollars. He's playing knee, out of season. knee issues, going on the yeah. wrong side of thirty yeah. last year, fifty million dollars or close to it as far right. as overall. So, so, so we want we want to. I want to make something very clear right now, so that you guys understand. And it's and, and fairness is important. Life isn't fair. I get that. But in scenarios like this, you have to be fair. You have to be fair. If, as of today, Rui Austin have shown that they are going to earn their contracts that they're going to get from the Lakers, as of today, from their performances in the last few months. If they come back and start stinking in, during the year, I don't want to hear about how Rob sucks. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that kind of stuff. We're talking about right now. Of course, it's easy to say, oh, this was a bad decision when you didn't know. We know right now that Austin and Rui are valuable to the team, and they showed really good skill sets in the playoffs. Then, if you want to clown Rob for the draft pick, yeah, yeah, you can do that. Because that, that's, a, that's been a suspect pick especially when you had Cam Whitmore available, right? Yep. But the word around the campfire is this is a professional basketball player already. Now, there's some novelty to that. I get it. You want somebody that's level-headed. They do possess an ability that you do like. You know, good pick-and-roll off uh, guard. And, and, And how many times have we talked about LeBron and and AD trying to, you know, run the pick and roll more and more. But the problem is AD doesn't roll well. <laughs> He's not a good roller, right? I mean, if anybody could do the pick and roll, it'd be LeBron, wouldn't it? But then again, LeBron is not a mid-range player either. So maybe this guy is that guy. Even with that, we're going to find out if Rob made the right call on that. We're going to find out if Rob made the right call with the second pick in Maxwell. But those 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 picks in the second round usually aren't held to as as high uh, or the undrafted kids that they right as right but and I I'm, I'm trying to be realistic here I mean are we going to get a third undrafted stud Castleton is the most one that everybody are seems we? to be announcing what about Fudge Fudge, fudge was, wasn't Fudge I mean wasn't Fudge a guy that was kind of during Offensive. the year. Offensively kind of limited, mid round pick. Offensively limited, but great athlete. Absolutely right? great athlete. Right. Yes. So that's that's going to be interesting. I want to see if if the if the Lakers continue this amazing run of developing players, giving them two year contracts, and then having to pay them. A lot Don't of get money. me started, Joe. <laughs> I, and that's one thing I do want to go ahead and ask about right now. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glassford right here for you, along with Joe Sorrell from LakersBall.com. It's Ox1947 and Simblades with the Y.com. I wanted to ask you this real quick when it comes to the mindset, before we get into any other players on whether or not they should sign them, retain them, or not keep them, uh, the mindset has to change with this collective bargaining agreement. I think you will not see as much of the things that have given me so many angst over the past couple seasons with – Rob signing these younger players to limited contracts. I have a feeling that 
because of the exceptions and the things that are stated in the CBA in regards to first and especially second round contracts as far as what you can do with them and their exceptions on them. I really think that it's probably imperative and for the best of him that he starts thinking about these players, whether they're drafted or undrafted, in a long-term format and will sign them to longer contracts. No, I don't think they're going to change their stat. Their, their, their I hope setup. to God. I, I hope to. I they, hope they, to. Can, they also can look at the Taylor Horton Tucker situation and go, no, we can't let that happen again. See, it's easy for us to see the future when we're in the future. It's, it's but harder. I said this back in the past. They should have just signed. Yeah, but how do you? I don't. I don't. I just don't think you're gonna know that Dave. Uh, that I wanted to call him David Caruso. Alex Caruso was gonna be what he became, and I don't think anybody thought Austin Reed was gonna become what he became. As, as no, much. but you sign them to to again contracts with extended years at very minimal prices. Again, it there's an analytical reason why they're doing that, Gerald. This is not about common sense. You know about analytics. You know how much I love analytics, right? I mean, you're talking you're talking to the guy that literally watched two to three World Series die for my team because of analytics. Well, you talk but, about analytics but, though. Okay. We are ahead. talking about it. That that setting up two-year contracts with second round draft picks is is a numbers game to them. It's not about common sense. So while other teams sign their second round draft picks to four year, three or four year contracts with the Lakers who spent how many millions of dollars? I think only two this time as far as with Max Christie, but they did spend four this year, four million on moving up in the draft to get Maxwell. So they spent $2 million to actually buy a pick last year. So you've already made that investment on top of whatever you have to give in a contract and you choose to not sign him for an extended period of time to make sure that if he does develop, that you're there for it? Doesn't make very much financial sense. I can't guarantee that's why they're doing it, but why else? Why else? Why would you do that? Why would you, if you have confidence in the fact that you have a good scouting department and you guys keep finding diamonds in the rough, why are you not committing to these picks longer than two years? I don't. It's because... Because someone doesn't have enough faith in the scouting department that we. But have how can you not faith. have enough faith? Think about it for a second, okay? Just think about the players you've acquired since 2014: Julius Randle, All Star; Brandon Ingram, All Star; um, D'Angelo Russell, All Star; Taylor Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Hart Josh both of Hart, those guys. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. Jo- uh, J- uh, uh, Mo Wagner is a is a rotation not player. Mo and, and, uh, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, it's like one one after another. It's it's one it, after it, another. Like, at what box. point are you going to understand that you know what you're doing? You know what you're doing. I'm not saying that Julius Randle and Brandon Ingram and DeAndre Russell are 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 all are, are mega stars. No, but the fact that you're drafting all stars and six men of the year in the second round and defensive first team players that are not even freaking drafted and you got a guy that's not drafted who's going to make 20 to 25 million dollars a year now and is considered a third guy on the team how are you not now confident it's not confidence it's stupid analytics i guarantee you that's what it is it's a numbers game it's a numbers game to keep the contracts a certain way because some book or some number is telling you that and this is what it is even though it's common sense, again, after all these picks. There's, yeah, uh, common sense not doesn't not just work. Not star, just stars, but rotation players. 
you've put so many rotation players. You have such a high ratio of players that are still in the league that you drafted. Thomas Bryant. You go back to him. Like I said, Zubats. These players, Mo Wagner. You, you know, these players, whether or not you, 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 they're not stars, but they're rotation players. You're able to draft people that can play in the league and stay in the league as opposed to other teams who don't. Then what else is it? Uh, I'm not going to say again, it goes back to Rob. You know, you, you, it, it's, I'm telling you, it, it, it's the only thing that makes sense because why would you not be confident if you've drafted 10 guys that are still in the league and half of them have, won, have, have gone to the all-star game or been a first player, defensive player or whatever? How? How are you? You're going to sit there and tell me that they're not confident after nine years of drafting good players? Which player have they drafted that hasn't lasted? Anthony it's, Brown? I think Anthony Brown is the only one that comes to my mind right away. It's about financials. It's about, you know, like you said, dollars and cents as far as the short term, looking at the short term financials instead of the long term benefit. I, I don't know how a team that's worth $7 billion Possibly nine billion if they wanted to sell. If they sold today, it would go to ten. Okay, there you go. Ten billion dollars, right? You're talking about now. You talk about these rich guys, right? People are mad about. They're always mad about how these guys don't pay taxes, right? Well, for those of you who don't know what these guys do, they leverage their assets. What does that mean? Well. Let's say Genie Bus owns a franchise that can sell for $10 billion. You know what she can leverage that for? Practically any kind of money she wants. She can go ask the bank for $3, 4000000000 billion. You have a TV contract that was set in at 2012 for 20 years at $3 billion? I mean... That TV contract is enough to just pay for the payroll before advertising, seats, whatever. So what is the problem with all this money stuff? What is it? Are they spending more money than they're bringing in? What are they doing with all this money? I don't get it if that's the problem. Is there a restriction that I don't know about in the NBA? Is Bomber restricted in spending his billions? I haven't heard that. So you tell me, Gerald. I don't know. You're you're from L.A. You know that culture over there. You're from Vegas. You know the culture of money. You tell me. I'm just going by simple common sense on what, where, and why. Again, it, it, it's just no common sense when it comes to their logistics on these young players and why they're not mapping it out. But again, I'm hopeful that the new CBA will uh, f- almost force – the Lakers management to go ahead and reevaluate their thinking on how they go ahead and sign these guys. I'm, I'm just hopeful that I'm not confident. These CBAs that, but... are created to destroy the Lakers and teams like the Lakers. I guarantee you if the Lakers weren't successful as much as they have been getting Shaquille O'Neal and always getting the right draft picks. I mean, think about that for a second, guys, the summer of 96, the Lakers got Shaq in free agency which Jerry West got chastised by all the loser GMs who couldn't do it, right? Because that's what these a-holes do, just like Greg Popovich, just like Mark Cuban, and that idiot, quick, quick, quick and loans idiot up in freaking in Cleveland. 
all these guys can't do what we do. They can't do what Jerry West does. And what's the first thing they do? Oh, he tampered. Oh, he did this. Oh, he did that. With no proof, right? And this set the stage. That summer, they got Shaq. They traded for Kobe. And they dra- – oh, just to throw in a little extra, drafted Derek Fisher. That's one summer, guys. One. That's why Popovich is always yapping about the Lakers. And, of course, you saw what happened in 2008 when they got Bogusaw. It's like, okay, what if the Lakers aren't doing what they're doing, do we even deal with these strict CBA numbers? I, I would guarantee – I would almost guarantee you. I would put my house up saying no. They wouldn't be as strict. So this CBA, that CBA, they're all geared to stop the Lakers. That's why there's no arguments with anybody. They're just, oh, yeah, just go tell Michelle Roberts to just go make a deal. This is so we can make make sure we stop this team from buying everything. Am I being a homer here? Am I wearing my purple and gold glasses? You tell me. How many titles have the Lakers won since uh, 1999 when the lockout ended? (laughs) Who who has played in L.A. in that time? Kobe, Shaq? LeBron, AD, Pagasol, all Hall of Famers. Throwing Horace Grant in there. Throwing Glenn Rice. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Free agency starts on the 30th, and that starts in the afternoon, I believe 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern on Friday, this Friday. So we'll definitely cover for you all right here. We're going to have a live show coming up for you during the course of the free agent line. So that's coming up here again on Friday, June 30th, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. So join us for that. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to cover the rest of the Lakers. We'll start off with Dennis Schroeder. Remember when he was persona non grata, was playing in Europe for internationally for Germany, uh, did very well with the World Cup there, got a chance to come back with the Lakers. We all know the history about the supposed contract he turned down that he says swears he didn't. But then, he's, you know, he moved on to Boston, Houston and flamed out from there, came back, got a revival of sorts, played some key minutes for the Lakers. It's clear that they do not want him as a starter unless it's an occasional spot starting status. And he, there are times that he does look like the old sixth man of the year, Oklahoma City, Dennis Schroeder. But again, he's someone I think that's best suited off the bench for a team. Whether or not that's the Lakers, I'll, you know, again, after drafting Jalen Huchavino, we'll wait and see. But your thoughts and what you would commit to dollar-wise on Dennis Schroeder, if uh, you do. I I. I I believe the veteran minimum would be the 
the number at this point because their priority right now is to make sure they get Rui and, and Reeves. Then you're letting him walk. Yeah, I think he's gone. There's been no indication anywhere that he's coming back. Okay, just want to make sure. It's it's the, kind of it, it's kind of it kind of sucks actually because I I think he's he plays an integral role on this team, but if you just drafted a guard that's supposed to handle the ball. You're going to have Austin Reeves handling the ball. You have LeBron who handles the ball. At what point do you have enough minutes for everyone, you know? It's true. We'll see if the kid can be at that point where he can contribute. Uh, I have to see him more extensively here when it comes to summer league and also training camp to see what, what he can do for us right away, if anything. So we'll wait and see. I would actually see if maybe if you could – no more than $5 million on, on Dennis Schroeder, if that's the case. But I think he's going to get a ticket elsewhere as well. I just think that the Lakers will not. I don't think they could even give $5 million if they wanted to. Not not if they sign Rui and, and Austin Reeves. We'll see how that breaks And then they're going to have to decide on keeping Mobamba more than likely and then letting Beasley go unless they can trade him. What about Lonnie Walker, the fourth? Lonnie gone. Walker, gone. he was – you think he's gone after yeah. – you know, the fact that he was buried on the bench for weeks upon weeks and had essentially he just had one good game. Okay. You could say he played okay, you know, for the rest of the playoffs after that one good game, but essentially had one good game. You think he's actually just out the door? I think Schroeder and, and Lonnie Walker are gone. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I do think that there will be some that are going to be unhappy that Lonnie Walker left, not remembering he was a player that was actually out of a rotation for quite a bit of the time. So we'll see. Uh, but the next player, of course, on the list is someone who, you know, I admire for his hustle, his grit, but, you know, he was not somebody that you could play consistent minutes in the playoffs. When in Gabriel, he's been cut by five teams, I think, six teams. I've lost track. I think, unfortunately, this will be another team that he that decides to let him go as well. I just don't think it's in the best interest to keep him because he just does not do what you need someone of his uh, caliber, the thirteenth of a thirteenth man to do. Yeah, the you know veteran minimum, a big that can spell a center or power forward yeah, is value there for for Winion on this team. But either way, I'm 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 okay with bringing him back or letting him go. I will say also as well, there's uh, Troy Brown Jr., TBJ. You know, TBJ, talk about inconsistent. He was inconsistent throughout the year for the Lakers at some times, playing really well, shooting well, and then playing good defense. And at others, like in the playoffs, where a lot of his holes were exposed and his deficiencies were exposed as well. And he ended up riding the pine by the, when all is said and done. Your thoughts on Troy Brown Jr.? That's a, a 50-50 for me as well. If he comes back at the veteran minimum, I, I, you bring him back. If he gets three, four, five million dollars a year for a couple years from another team, then there's no chance he's staying. Lakers have a have so many priorities right now, and, and unfortunately, Troy Brown Jr., Lonnie Walker, Schroeder, and Winnie Gabriel are not there. Those guys are gonna would have to wait until really until they signed their last free agent before they can make a commitment there. No Shaq Harrison or Tristan Thompson, AKA Tristan Kardashian for you. 
I don't I don't think Christian I don't think Tristan came to make a difference. I think he was there as a as a roster spot, maybe a veteran leadership type thing. He did play a few good minutes, but I don't I don't it's it's just not it's over. <laughs> it's over for for Thompson. I think he can I, I guess if DeAndre Jordan can still be in the league, he can be, but I don't see I just don't see what the value in bringing back somebody who, who you're not going to really play much during the year. We need, we need, we need players. We need to be maybe nine, 10 deep during the regular season so that we can keep everyone fresh for the playoffs. And then you can reduce that lineup to seven, possibly eight. If you are lucky, if let's say hood is a good rookie comes out the gate and plays well all year. That could be a, a valuable pick later in the in the season and could be the eighth guy, right? Yeah. But Lakers have to focus on unless something big comes. They have to focus on depth and they have to focus on thinning out the 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 numbers, the minutes. LeBron has to play less than 30 minutes a game. That that has to be option one for the focus of next year. How can we create a team where LeBron is playing less than 30 minutes a game? And that that's where I would start. Last but not least, uh, some guys left on the, for, over from the uh, roster on the two ways. Scotty Pippen Jr. and Cole Swider. Cole Swider has been named to the Lakers Summer League team. Uh, and actually, uh, un- well, for unfortunately or fortunately for him, because maybe gives him a better opportunity in the league, Scotty Pippen Jr. was not, or as of now, has not been named to that team. So your thoughts, Cole Swider, do you ever think he'll become a player? You know, do you ever think he'll find a shot well enough to go ahead and find a place in the league? Well, he's going to have to find it here this summer. I don't believe Scotty Pippen Jr. has a shot, literal shot, or will get <laughs> a, or will, or will get a, shot unfortunately and he doesn't have enough athleticism to combat not being able to make a shot (laughs) he's just not an nba player i think he's gonna have to end up going to europe if he wants a long career and he 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 can he can he can do that with the headaches Um, his mom is is creating right now maybe that's a good thing well i mean that's that's the it's an it's 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 sad uh, that that scenario is sad. I'm 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 embarrassed that I'm not even a part of the family. <laughs> Honestly, I uh, the disgusting Kardashian culture that we live in, and I use Kardashian as the as the spark to this. And maybe it was always there. It's just that social media has brought it to light. But it's just trash. It's trash. It's a it's a diluting of family values. It's an embarrassment to children. You know, I'm very defensive when it comes to parents who act like adolescent children when they have children. Where's your leadership? Where's your parenting mindset instead of thinking about this and this? And I'm I'm being PG right now. There's other places I wanted to point. And what what do you do with that? What do you do with that? The fact that we're even talking about this in a basketball show is embarrassing. <laughs> okay, as always, I'm just no, 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 no. It's that. good. It's good that it's good that you uh, that you brought it up because it's important. 
It's I mean, important because I, it does set a mindset. Think about that for a second. It does set a mindset, and it does include what we're talking about. Who is on our team? Scotty Pippen Jr., and who's the other guy? Cole Swider. No, that's involved in this situation. Oh, well, he's not in direct Well, involved. I'm talking about Michael Beasley. Okay. That's embarrassing. That is an embarrassing that, situation. Yeah, that's true. And I am sad for him. And I am sad for him because what, what, what is that? It's just, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who she's dating right now. I thought it was Michael Jordan's it, kid right now. It's, so. terrible. it's a terrible situation and it's going on everywhere. But you're right. I, she was, she was dating Beasley, I think. Yes. And she's dating Michael Jordan's son. Yes. And you're wondering why Scottie Pippen is lambasting Michael Jordan. <laughs> Everyone's sitting there like morons because they're stupid, right? Because they don't get it. They don't get it because their brain thinks the same way, right? Why is he doing this? Why is Scotty doing this to Michael? Oh, my God. It's all because of the last dance. Really? Really? You really think that's what it's about? Are you that stupid? Are you not paying attention? You guys are all into this gossip crap. I'm not even in it, and I know. You guys are in it. You should know. It's an embarrassment. I'm telling you this right now. If that was my son, his ass would be God knows what. Well, Joe, he's 18. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, come to my house and, and show me what that means. You think after I turned 18, I still did stuff because I was 18 with my parents? I love my parents. God rest their souls. Love my parents. And I still at 30, 25, whatever, was still thinking about them in my decision making. And when you have good leaders in your life and you have good role models, you live your life, in my, in my view, the right way. What's the right way? You don't go date. I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to get into that. Before we head on out, I didn't want to cover again, like I said earlier, but Luca came on late. Uh, I did want to cover the the free potential free agents oh look at decided to show live now <laughs> not at night when no one's around but for him i will go ahead and leave this one one free agent question because i want to devote a whole show to the potential free agents that might have the possibility of coming to the lakers i want to devote a show to that this week but we'll go ahead and devote this question drew so who are you signing instead of dennis because he says okay guys schroeder isn't a priority it's a giant hole to him that you lose if you lose Schroeder because he did play, did play a lot of games, took a lot of minutes, gave you spot starting, didn't shoot all that well, but gave us enough ball handling and leadership qualities that I really think, again, spirited defense as well, that should not also be underestimated. Again, to me, at a bounce-back season last year, I will be very sad to see him go as well. But again, I just with the logistics and the money where you're committing to other other you know other areas, it's going to be hard for them to retain him at a price he wants to pay. Schroeder does have a skill set that the Lakers need, but unfortunately, you can't sign everyone. That's the problem. There's, there's a there's a totem pole right now. Which one? Which was what? Which one's priority? Right now, Rui and Reeves are the priority, and you got to figure out what you're going to do with Beasley's contract and Mobamba's. And then you got to figure out who you're going to get for the MLE, who's going to be available. You need a center 
who can be valuable, right? Mo Bamba, if you keep Mo Bamba, then maybe you're thinking, okay, with a training camp under, you know, maybe he can have some value because he can't shoot, right? He's a big that can shoot. He's obviously a big guy. Maybe his lateral movement will start to work if he's not injured. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but it's worth taking a risk at that at $10 million for, for a player like that. Uh, Schroeder, I, I don't know. They, they're not going to be able to pay him $5 million a year. And who else is going to pay him $5 million a year? That's that's the other question. Do you see someone giving him a two-year contract for $10 bucks? Can the Lakers do it? I, I wouldn't what, be against it. Would... I wouldn't be against it. We do need him. But you just drafted a guard who you said that he's a good mid mid player, right? The mid player, which is the mid mid range. Checks a lot of the boxes was the exact phrase. Can handle the ball, right? Can handle the ball, good at pick and roll, can can shoot the, the mid range, right? The problem is he can't get to the basket with, with relevance and can't shoot from deep. Not can he play athletic. defense? You saw what, what I've been hearing he can play defense, yet Stone told us he can't. I believe Stone. It's just athleticism is his problem. And the fact that he just does not have the shot yet. Again, we're hopefully he's worked on that, improved on that, and we'll see it summer league. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and, and just make sure everybody knows we've got lots of shows on, still on the way this week. We're going to be talking about the free agents that we would like to get. And again, I just want to hear your thoughts on, on Dennis Schroeder, who we fill that slot with if we don't keep him here in a second. We're going to be talking free agents on another show. We're going to be also graduating our class of 2023 Lakers History 101 here also this week as well. And then, of course, it all leads into Friday, our special live at 3 p.m. Pacific on Friday. It is our free agency special, 3 p.m. Pacific. Actually, I might go on a little bit beforehand. We probably will go ahead on a little bit beforehand. And then also as well, 6 p.m., you know, right around there as well, Eastern time on that. So we'll be going for hours on then. I don't know if we're going to go in six hours like we did the draft. I really don't have the voice for it, so most likely not. But we'll go on for a little while for that show as well. So we got lots of things to talk about indeed for this week. But before you know, we go ahead and head on out, my friend, I do want to touch on what Luca was asking about. And that is, of course, so, okay, let's say we cannot commit financially to Dennis you really think that JHS is ready? Should we not get some type of insurance policy in case we don't? No, I don't. I don't know if he'll be ready. They they need Schroeder's play, but I don't know if they'd have to commit money. They'd have to understand that they're going to have to pay more money than they probably want to get to get the players that they want, or to keep the guys that they want. I don't know. I don't know how this plays out. We're going to have to see how the market dictates all this. You have to wait and see what the market says. Zanger Science says she doubts anyone will pay Dennis. I think if things don't fall through for... I would pay Dennis. Dennis is... is... Well, I'm just saying for Detroit, a Houston, San Antonio with lots of cash on hand, if things don't fall right and they do need a serviceable backup point guard, he may be one that they call. Oh, don't be surprised if Houston gets him. Houston, they need somebody like Schroeder in Houston. And he would work there. Even though he was just in Houston last season, the season well, before. I mean, there's plenty of times where players have gone back to places more than once. To the Schroeders. But we'll wait and see, my friend. But 
my great to have you here you know obviously as well doing a doing double duty you had on the phone you were talking to the family just right before we go on the air everything's going on for you and simplays.com lakersball.com obviously you want to go ahead and make sure everybody goes and checks that out lakerholics.com with laker tom and jamie sweet they were great and sensational on this weekend's programming go ahead and see what they do on a daily basis right there at lakerholics.com of course, also as well, our good friend John McKaylin and Stone Hansen, like you said, he deserves a lot of kudos for the hard work he put into not only for this channel right here, but also for upswings, uh, UpsideSwings.com. And the guy just really came through for everyone out there, and I hope everyone got a chance to check out all of his work. I'm bummed that there's a t- possibility that he's going to retire at the end of the year, or I should say end of the summer. As of I hope somebody can pick him up because – he is the one of the more valuable commentators on this show, if to me, if not number one besides you. Yeah, I just we're, we're gonna lose. We're we're getting close to losing a very valuable part of the show, and um, already done that already once. Yeah, and I'm bummed about it. Yeah, losing Magic Man, but you know, with Magic Man, that was more. Uh, that was more a personal type kind of I need to get things focused more on that. And that's something I'm, I, I know very well. Yes. Uh, the thing that sucks about the, the Stone Hansen thing is because I, because I, I believe that that magic man will be back. He, he will get settled and he'll be back with Stone Hansen. I don't know if he'll be back. You know, if he gets a good job, doing what he wants after this. And, and, you know, it's hard to make money in this business unless you're, you're connected. If you're not connected. You're, you're, you're always going to be struggling. And yeah, I don't know if we'll ever see him back. I guess we could have him on, on occasion if, if, but he, he spends 13 hours a day doing this stuff. That's why he's a vast ocean of knowledge in this thing. So that's a bummer. I just, I think that the, he brought a lot, he, he brings a lot of value to the show and I, it, it's going to be sad for me to, Said for us to see him leave if 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 that indeed is is what happens. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everyone being part. It's one less thing that I got to we got to do, right? <laughs> you know, I get asked a lot, Joe. Did you see this show? Do Joe, did you do this? Joe, did you do that? Right? And I'm sitting there and I'm going, guys, I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get something straight. Um, I watch 82 games of NBA basketball. Now each game will average around two and a half to three hours. Last year, I saw 81. Uh, one was a protest, right? So pretty much all the games. And then um, if, if you count the play-in, obviously, I watched 82. Then I got 16, 17, uh, hopefully the playoffs in football. So 17 games of NFL football. That's just my team. I, I'm, not, I'm not even counting the other maybe 20 games that I watched during the year from beginning to end. 82 games of NBA basketball. Then I'm on the show for, during the season, what, four or five hours, six hours a week at, at, at the very least? When the hell am I going to watch a new show on Netflix? When? When I'm asleep? I slept at 9 o'clock last night. I didn't even remember sleeping. I woke up at 5. I'm like, what the hell happened? That was a Sunday, guys. I worked from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. That wasn't the plan. The plan was to go swimming and just <laughs> relax. 
<laughs> all of a sudden you just get calls. Hey, Joe, is there any way I can do this? <sighs> yes. Okay. Meet me there in an hour. Boom. Then all of a sudden I'm planning on coming back. Hey, Joe, man. Hey, I'm in town. What's up? Uh, <laughs> can you come right now? Yeah, I'll be there in 45 minutes. All right, I'll wait. And then it just kept going and going and going. But at the end of the day, are you going to say no to money? I mean, I call it free money on Sunday, right? It's just people basically coming and just giving me money. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I'm not complaining, by the way, guys. I just thought I'd put some comic relief in the, in the, the story. Uh, this is the life of Joe Soros. It is. It is. And I enjoy it. Uh, I like it. The reason why I enjoy it, I like it is because it's under my terms. Even though I'm catering to my clients, it's it's under my terms. I could have very easily said, no, guys, uh, come call, call me on Monday. But when you're in a business of service, when you're in the business of trying to be the best, being the best means you got to do things that you know your competition isn't doing, like working at 7 p.m. on a Sunday. And I, I get a kick out of that. I like that because I, I can actually say it. I can say, well, you know, you want to you wanna compete with me? Well, Joe, you're a little guy. You don't, you don't compete with us. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Wait, 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 till, wait till I get those resources. Then you're going to be eating your words. It's not going to be good for you. Because then I'm going to be, be in that boardroom going, you're going to sell me your business at a number that is of my choosing, not yours. So save your pennies, get ready. And the thing though with Stone, uh, I do want to say, you know, regardless of whether you have agreed or disagreed with his comments, he puts them out there for everybody to see and for everybody to hear. And I, I just think that it's just been so incredible to have him aboard what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. Uh, you have heard him on the air saying that, you know, if it does not go well for him as far as getting a spot in the league here, sooner rather than later, he will probably not just stay with basketball as a whole as far as something that he looks at 24-7, which would be a shame for the sport because of what he brings to the team. So he is coming to Summer League at, to specifically, you know, try to get the contacts and try to get in, you know, t situations where he can get in, find his way in. So it would be the best of reasons if he could not come onto the show anymore because if he got a job, within the confines of the NBA with an NBA team, that would be the best of reasons. So I'm hoping when I see him, it's only going to be for a couple of minutes because he's got interviews lined up all over the place. That's my hope is that when he comes to Vegas, people will start seeing exactly, you know, for the, the quality individual that he is. Same thing with Rafael Barlow. Rafael Barlow has done a tremendous job, although he's becoming a, a celebrity within the draft realm in his own right. And I'm so happy for him. and so thankful for everyone out there supporting him as well. Cause I remember when he started here on the first few episodes, when we were very young and, you know, even on the pop culture cosmos, when he stopped on by, I think the first couple shows we did there. So looking forward to seeing these guys here at summer league, but also looking for better opportunities for them as well. But Joe, my friend, I know you and I are going to cover many of the situations that might take place in free agency or trades coming up here this week on our next show. Might do one tomorrow. In fact, you know, we might have to do it tomorrow because we've got graduation and free agency later this week. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting weekend. I, I'd say we're going to have to have our head on a swivel 
because if something comes down, I'm going to expect a call from you or a text saying, can you get on? I am well aware of that. And I am going to be ready for it this weekend because I think there's some crazy stuff that's going to happen this, this, this weekend. It's just, it's just, it has to, it's, it's going to happen. It, it might not happen for the Lakers, but it's going to happen in the league. The league is going to be doing some shifty stuff. They've already started doing it. You're talking about Boston finally realizing they need a third guy that can score and, a, and likely a big, and they went and got Porzingis and they were this close uh, this close to probably having the right team to win it all next year had it not been for the Clippers reneging on the first deal because they would have kept Marcus Smart and adding Porzingis. And then when they realized that that deal wasn't going to go through, they knew right away they said, nope, we can't make a deal now without giving up Marcus Smart. I had discussed this after the season. Uh, I said the Celtics are going to have to make a very tough decision in getting rid of Marcus Smart. They're not going to get rid of Jalen Brown. They're not going to get rid of Mark, uh, J- Jason Tatum. It's likely going to have to be Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart can't really score, can't really do what you need on the offensive side late in these series. He's good on defense, but you need a third guy that can score, and they didn't have that. They thought hoping they were hoping Al Horford would be the the, the stretch guy, but Al Horford just, I think he's a couple of years too late. If they had had Horford maybe two years ago, they might have had a chance. Um, and unfortunately for Boston, they had a chance last year to win the championship. They were up 2-1, but they couldn't close it out uh, because Tatum just could not play well. Um, You're talking about the year before. Boston's chance was last year. They should have Take so advantage. You, you're not high on the Porzingis trade trains. Uh not without Marcus Smart there. Now you're gonna have now if there's one little hiccup with Porzingis' uh health, they're toast. Okay. They're toast. And I just found it hilarious that they're like, Oh, Porzingis had a great year. He had great numbers and he had one of his, you know, had an injury free year. I'm like, injury free year. He played sixty five games. And he's never gone deep into the playoffs, ever. So, yeah. But Boston had to make that trade. It's a good trade. It's a smart trade. It's the trade that they can Picked make. Picked up two first-rounders on top of that. And that's yeah, – that's that's a they, – they won that trade. They had to make that trade, and they got a little incentive on top of it, which is, is good. But winning a championship – if Denver continues to play well, and if the Lakers can get lucky and get a couple players that enhance the team next year, they'll be the they'll be the bridesmaids still. It's just it is what it is. My day didn't start off on a good note, though. As I was heading back on the freeway and I was listening to the Hoop Collective podcast with Brian Windhorst. And I don't usually take what Brian Windhorst says at, at very much value because sometimes he just says stuff that's just like makes you scratch your head. But he did make sense this morning when he said the Lakers, you know, they had the opportunity to keep and retain Kuzma and KCP and Alex Caruso and Josh Hart. Uh, Josh Hart, I guess, less a little less because obviously went the AD trade, but they could have kept KCP, they could have kept Kuzma, and they could have kept uh, Caruso and for various reasons chose not to. And these are the type of things that 
you know, those are the type of guys that help you win championships. You know, if they're, they're those are those key guys coming off the bench that that really get it done for you. And and now they're doing it for other teams. So kind of depressing the fact that we had all those players at the right time. And, you know, they did help us win a title, but I felt like, it, you know, abandoning them so soon, for, especially for what we did, Westbrook and and obviously THD as well. Obviously, making those mistakes have uh, come to cost us or hurt us, but hopefully we can get things rectified here this summer. It was a lesson, and in, 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 I, I don't have 100% proof of this, but, I mean, there, the word is out. I mean, there was influence, but this is why you don't listen to players when it comes to transactions. LeBron wanted Westbrook. And That's I some believe- Matt Ryan shout-outs here in the chat, more than and, one. And, by, and, and also uh, your – the response or the the initial response was worrying about Harden going to Brooklyn. That was, I believe, the reason why the Lakers made that trade. It was a, an igniter. Oh, it's Durant, Kyrie, and, and Harden. We have to get a third guy now. And I think that's that was the response, and it was a bad response. I remember reading that AD said, run it back. And, and, and the thing is, AD got injured in 2021. If he doesn't get injured, we probably win the title. So I, I would have, we should have ran it back. We didn't think of it that way. I'm taking full blame that I, I actually liked the Westbrook trade because I thought Westbrook as a third option would work. We were I wrong. Didn't. We were wrong. Or at least you wrong. were wrong. Yeah. Hated it from day one. And everybody that's on the show or watch it at that time or wants to go back and look for posterity on YouTube. We'll see my anguish right there. Z says if they only wanted to play, pay Caruso, my gosh, things would have been a little bit different for the Lakers. That's for sure. Could have defended uh, a little bit better against Murray with Caruso on him, but uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's tough. It's a, it's an 18 month, just bad run of decisions why you should never listen to players when it makes when and, and this is a lesson you should have learned even during the Bulls days. The whole last dance saga of the Bulls was about how Michael Jordan and the team didn't appreciate the management for for being the way they were. And there was some merit there, but at the same time, the guy that you didn't appreciate, the guy that kind of brought it onto himself too. At the time, Jerry Krause wanted more credit, and he didn't get it. You didn't play the good psychology game with with Jerry. You know, you didn't give him an understanding. You didn't tell him, dude, you got us Bill Cartwright for Charles Oakley. You drafted Scottie Pippen. You drafted Horace Grant. You found Phil Jackson. If, if they had appreciated the fact that Jerry did do his job and created the foundation of that championship team, Maybe they don't have a problem, but the problem is you have these guys that have egos. Well, everything was just Michael Jordan, see, and that's part of why the Pippen thing is 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 somewhat understandable. And I love Michael, and I think Michael's the greatest ever. But this is a team sport. I don't care how great you are, you still need a team because it's a team sport. And Michael got the perfect team around his skill set. He was the main reason why they won, but. You still need five guys on the court. You still need a good coach and someone paying you to do this. It's it's everyone thinks they're they're the reason why everything is. And in most cases they're right, but don't 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 make it obvious. 
human beings are human beings. They are what they are. And the Lakers were no different in making a bad decision because they felt this other team was going to be form, form, formidable in, in, in being a title team, and you wanted to match it with three-star versus three-star. No, you don't do that. You have to have the best team on the court. Look at look at Denver. Look how the chemistry came together the same way the Lakers' chemistry and the same way their the team was spread out in 2020. That's That's how you win championships. Big shout out before we go to the Philippines. Everybody watching and listening in the Philippines, there are several in the chat as well. I do want to mention that, I don't know if you've heard it or not, that favored son Kai Soto, who uh, so many last year when he went undrafted were almost demanding that he get picked up by a team. And he, he between the indifference by NBA teams and also his uh, disgust with the system, he decided to play basketball in Australia. He is actually going to be at Summer League. It was announced, uh, I think, what, earlier today. Oh, no, yeah, earlier today that he will be playing. No, actually, a couple of days ago. I'm sorry. That he will be playing for Orlando Magic Summer League team. So hopefully he'll get some time. Hopefully get some burn. And maybe we'll be able to go ahead and see Kai Soto in the league just yet. So looking forward to seeing that because I know he was uh, last year. I got so many Kai Soto should be on the Lakers. Kai Soto can play in this league. Kai Soto, Kai Soto, Kai Soto. So Kai Soto now gets his opportunity with a year seasoning. Uh, he did play a little bit with the G league ignite earlier on in his career. So hopefully we'll go ahead and see what he's made out of in summer league here in Vegas. So looking forward to that, but my friend, great to have you here. Again, we'll be talking free agents. I guess tomorrow we'll be talking nothing but the free agent possibilities for the Lakers. We'll be talking about that. And then, of course, going ahead later this week, Lakers History 101, our graduating class, our first graduating class and our graduating ceremonies. Want to see if you're part of it? Check it out later this week. And then also Friday, our free agency special as well. So looking forward to it. Zanger Sign says, Kaido Kai Soto should not have decided to go to college. Kai is still a bit iffy on defense. Uh, I think it was also an issue, Zangerstein, of, of mobility. Does he have enough to go ahead and guard at the NBA level? Same reasons why Drew Timmy, you know, in, in many cases also didn't get get uh, chosen and went undrafted and got picked up by the Milwaukee Bucks as an undrafted player. Just, I know there was a lot of issues from my memory back last year. So let's see if he gets a chance to league. Adam says, before we head on out, I wish the Lakers would look at players that didn't play much, but are really good. Like Luca Garza. Every time he played last year, he balled out. Uh, but I know there's also, again, as a player of the year, like Drew Timmy or, or whatnot, that you see big guy, not very athletic, uh, has to make it up for a lot of things. But then again, Joe, with uh, the reigning MVP, well, not the reigning MVP, but the reigning finals MVP, athleticism could be overrated in the league right now. Skill might be what everybody should be after. I don't know. It depends on who how your team is structured. That's true. Uh, I prefer... I prefer athleticism and skill set with good good chemistry and and and, and a couple stars. Uh, if you look at the the players when the Lakers win championships, you got guys that kind of have a little bit of athleticism as the role players. That's why Cam Whitmore was. I'm I'm ho- <laughs> you don't want to hope that he doesn't do well, obviously, but if he ends up 
being a steal, that's going to hurt because he's a freak athlete. And you look at the Laker championship teams, you have guys that are somewhat freakish athletes that are, that, that are role players. Um, you look at, let's say someone like Shannon Brown back in the day and who else? Uh, Trevor Reza when he wasn't, didn't have his knee problems. This Alex Caruso, the guy was dunking over people left and right. And, you know, surprising everyone, even us, you need those guys. You need those guys that do have the athleticism that can kind of, I don't know, entertain and just make the juices go. Uh, the guys that are slow and boring, like Jokic <laughs> tend to create a, a lull in a game. And, it's not uh, sexy, but it got it done, Mike. It friend. got it done, yeah. Uh, but it's I, I'd rather get both. I'd rather have both. <laughs> I'm we'll selfish. See. Yes, you are indeed. But that's why we love you, Mr. Narcissistic Selfish Joe Soro. He's always here for us. Go ahead and check him out today for all of his comments and great thoughts at LakersBall.com. And if you are in the Southern California area, you know he's busy, but he will always make time for you if you want to go ahead in the Southern California area and change your lawn into something really special, go ahead and do it today. Give Joe a call at Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Well, my friend, again, I think we're going to have to go ahead and be on tomorrow night talking about the free agents just so we can get that out of the way. If any news comes around as well, we'll obviously go ahead and try to report it on the fly. If it concerns the Lakers, there's anything big. We'll also talk about that as well for tomorrow night. Going to be a busy week, my friend. Going to be a busy week for the NBA and us here at the Lakers Fast Break. Yeah, I, I, I think we're going to have a, a very fun weekend. And we're going to have a lot of answers to the questions that we've been asking. And it might not be flashy, but I think it'll be entertaining. And I think the NBA in general will have a lot of fireworks going off here on the weekend before uh, 4th of July. We'll see. I'm hoping that JHS will show out and play better than what I have seen uh, in my viewing of him. So I'm hoping that he will become the player that we hope he can be for the 17th pick. Maxwell Lewis, uh, hopefully he can develop as well. Looking forward to seeing both those guys late next week. I think late next week at Summer League. Looking forward to that. But once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you joining us. If you have not subscribed already, we need all the help you can get for YouTube. Please go ahead and subscribe today. Like us, follow us so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. Like those videos so you can get it out in the YouTube sphere to go ahead and let everybody know that we're here so we get even more people drawn in to the best Lakers show that's out there. And believe me, I've heard all of them. <laughs> Some of them are really bad. Some of them are good. Some of them are really bad. That's all. And I'll it, just it, leave it at that. It's interesting. The But then I, there's ours, which is I know it looks I know it looks like we're just talking because that's the point. And this is some of the stuff I learned in broadcasting school. I took broadcasting school with a very good great gentleman, uh, John Chalestnik, used to work for ESPN. And the key to, to, to doing a sports show is to make it look like you're, com you're, you're having a conversation. But there's preparation involved. And a lot of these shows, and this is why I never started my own podcast, and would prefer not to. I mean, I, I don't mind doing a show by myself 
in 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 cahoots with Lakers fast break. That's that's different. Uh, but these these yahoos just because they want to be famous and they want their face on TV, they start these these shows and they're just like, uh, 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 and you're sitting there going, do you know anything, or and do you know how to deliver, like just this the voice. But some of them do make it, don't they, Gerald? Yes. Some of them do make it, and that's 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 a that's a sad commentary, man. Mediocrity. You a lot of you have accepted mediocrity, and you need to stop. Stop buying stuff from Walmart. Stop buying. Qual- start buying quality, guys. Then you then then you you see how your life will change. I'm I'm proof of it. I'm not saying don't buy certain things from places that shouldn't you shouldn't but what i'm saying is don't don't shop there every day it's not good it's no good no it's not good quality we want quality just like the show quality you see guys that the background's changed in the last week right because this is going to be a showroom one day we're creating it you enhance you progress we got to get better so that the show gets better so that we can keep guys like Stone and Magic Man and we have to worry about them going and finding a damn job. This needs to be the job. This is where you need to make your money. And it's going to take every one of you and the progression of the show getting better and getting out there, creating that. And then Gerald can finally swim in his pool of money. Think of Gerald, guys. Gerald wears green. Go get my he's trunks. a Laker fan because he loves money help gerald make money <laughs> when you put it like that i'm not even sure i want to listen after that <laughs> makes me seem like i should be part of secession already well it, it, it's it's uh it's a it, you have me as this money grubbing the like, truth will well, set yeah. you free even if your truth is crap. Well, I hope my truth isn't crap, but okay. Whatever. Same if. All right. I, I, again, I have to hold back. I can't. I just want to deliver. make this show successful. It is, it is difficult. I'm... It is really difficult to deliver a line on the show when it's PG. And I'm not saying I'm dropping F bombs every five seconds. That's, that's not what I'm trying to do. But there's, there's verbiage that fits better on a delivery that that's just not family oriented. So I have to kind of go a little gooberish on my, on my delivery so that it stays within that rating. Well, we'll see what happens. But, but when we get back on playback next year, we, you, you'll, you'll get more of that because that's where we can actually do that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the true. premium. That's the premium channel, right? This yep. is, this is network TV. We'll see. And, and then, you know, if they do decide to go ahead and air that out, uh, I can, you know, grab all the old shows right there and see Joe cursing for all the eyes. Hey, hey, Gary, I don't really know how all that stuff works, by the way. I, I'm not acclimated to the YouTube monetization program. I do know this, that if we reach a thousand subscribers, that's there's the a new algorithm that starts. Yeah. They say that one that's the hardest to, it's harder it's the hardest part to get there is to get to yes. a thousand. They and all said that. I was actually watching over the past couple of weeks 
some of these, you know, they recount their own stories and they tell you how much they made at, at certain amount of subscribers. And they say getting that first thousand was the hardest. It is. And I've read that as well. I've gone into a little bit of research on that. It is true. The other thing, guys, as far as money grubbers, I don't mind you being a money grubbing, you know what, as long as your ethics stay intact. And that's where the problem usually I starts. told you I could be bought for several million dollars. And that's a problem, Gerald. That's a problem. <laughs> if you can be bought, then your ethics and your morals can be you bought You won't let well. me be bought. You will not let me be bought. So it's a boot point anyway. It's, hey, you're a grown man. You do what you want. But to understand, it comes at a price. And Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. Be careful. Let's get the show to that point where even someone offers us several million dollars. It's, first, it's, it's, we'll it's inevitable that this show will be one of the best Lakers shows on the planet. It's we just, already are. Exactly. It is going to be more well-known as one of the top things. And you're going to be asked to come talk to people. And it's it's going to get there. There's just no other way. It's not. We're not going to stop till we get there. And you're, you're going to see some things. We've been talking about the video game world a little bit here as the as the days have gone by and and gerald when that thing hits there's going to be a good story to tell with that and it's going to be fun to tell but we'll say thank you gary for the kind words and everybody out there we truly appreciate everyone out there going ahead and checking out all of our shows you know the invitation to everyone you know has remained since the start if you ever want to stop by on the show you ever want to share your voice and your opinion on the show, Zangerstein's done on a couple occasions, and she's been terrific. She's always in the chat. You know, if you ever want to stop by and share your thoughts with us at any time on the show, be part of what you do. Kenneth Stone, he got so tired of Joe for a little He came on the air, and then those guys have hit it off ever since. You know, if you ever want to go ahead and be part of what we do, let me know. Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com or Lakers Fast Break, wherever you get your social media. Well, Kenneth Stone assumed I was a certain person like many people do. Uh, and then when he started to get to know me, he understood it. Even Gerald got caught into that little web. Uh, when you're demonstrative in your delivery and your, your opinion, your views are not societal pleasing. Is that is that is that is that good? That's pretty good. I like that. That's that was good for you. It, it it tends to throw people off, even those who are accepting of everyone. It's still like, whoa, where does this guy sit at lunch? You know where I sit at lunch? In my office by myself. My allegiance is to my friends and my family. Now I, you see that I got the American flag on my sleeve. Now, this. This is important. I love my country, but I'm also not sitting out in my porch with chewy tobacco and eight flags in my front yard going, yeah, all right. No, no, yeah, I don't, you don't need to do that. If you love your country, you love your country and you'll show some support and keep, take it easy. Just keep it, keep it simple. We're here to entertain and to give knowledge and to give information and to to make people happy and making people happy even if you get them upset is a good thing because it gets the juices going and sometimes you need to do that and sometimes the truth hurts guys and if you tell the truth the beautiful thing about telling the truth uh is is you don't really have to worry about the aftermath of the truth 
unless those who say you are a problem don't want to believe the truth. And that's not my problem. That's you problem. If you don't want to know the truth, one plus one is two, guys. There's nothing you can do to stop that. So if you tell the truth and someone gets mad at you for telling the truth, then that's that's their problem. All right. Well, on that note, it is the Lakers fast break. Thanks so much for watching this. Way too preachy tonight, by the way. I'm not even liking what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm not going to say if that makes two of us or not. I want to stay on your good side. But it is the Lakers fast break. Tomorrow we will cover the free agents, the potential that's out there. If we're interested, if we're not interested, if it's realistic, we can get them. And if it's not realistic that we can't, we'll talk about all the scenarios when it comes to free agency. We just truly appreciate all your support. Uh, Kern says informative and intelligent conversations. I believe he's the one from Trinidad and Tobago. So more props to you, everybody in the Philippines in England, all over the United States, Canada, wherever you watch us, wherever you listen to us, all of you are very special to us. We truly appreciate it. And Joe, man, always a great time with you indeed, my friend, including whenever you piss somebody off. That's, you know, that's. that's I haven't been doing that a lot lately, though. I know you're mellowing in your golden years. No, I think because our crowd knows who we are. But also, they want those rants. Remember, they also sure, ask for sure. rants. No, I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys rants. I'm, I'm telling I'm, you, look, I'm, I'm here. No, I'm here, guys. Look, I'm here for you. Even when we get to the point where we're a million deep, it's still about the show and your when, – when, when someone is watching you, they're spending an hour and 48 minutes listening to you on a show. It's their show now. I am no longer – it's not about me. It's about you. I'm here to entertain you. I'm here to give you guys what you want. Valuetainment. That's what it is, guys. That's how it's supposed to be. Tina Turner, God rest her soul. So much respect for her and all the stuff. One of the she great dealt ones. With. One of the great ones. Not, not just in music, just how she carried herself even through all the BS and really, really killed it the last 40 years away from all that garbage. She said at some point, you're not, you don't, Tina Turner is not my, me and you, it's, it's theirs. It's theirs. They're the ones buying the records. They're the ones buying the merchandise. They're the ones paying for the concerts. It's not me anymore. I'm there to provide a service that they've spent their hard-earned money and time, which is what's important to me, time. You're spending time listening to my dumbass talk. You should be rewarded and respected, even if you're an a-hole. <laughs> you said that. Just saying. I just, can I just say thank you for your support, and I'm truly humbled by it every time you come on. Well, that's the easiest way to say it. Yes. Thank you for listening. We're humbled. You had to go on with that's, 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 and, that's, yeah, that's the, uh, that, that, yeah. that, that's the, hold on, that's the buttoned up version. Okay. Right? All right. All right, guys, we want to thank you for being here this evening with us. We appreciate your support, and we hope to support you every day of every hour of our of the rest of our lives. Is that good? Is that good enough, guys? Come on! Don't you like okay. the way I said it the first time? I guess I'll go back to the assholes in the butts that you were talking about. Well, I'll take it easy with all that stuff. I meant that not in a literal way. Oh, um, I know. We're here to entertain, and we're here to make people happy. Or maybe angry a little bit. Either way, you're getting that attention. 
Well, I'll tell you what, though. Great having everyone here. We will see you tomorrow. Me and the guy who, as well, is most appreciative of your time that you took with us almost two hours today talking the Lakers. We'll be back for more. Hopefully you will be as well. Again, if you haven't subscribed, please do so because it really helps us out and also lets you know when we're going live with another fantastic and amazing No Better Lakers show that's out there right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.